Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and I'm thrilled to welcome my friend and colleague Alice Hart-Davis onto the show to talk about her new book, The Tweakman's Guide. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, you'll know that I recently documented my first ever cosmetic procedure, the fat freezing treatment Cool Sculpting, and that I mentioned that it had made me much more open-minded to other cosmetic tweaks. It is, therefore, perfect timing for me to chat to Alice, who has pretty much tried everything and has documented each and every procedure in this new book. Alice's career as a health and beauty journalist, as she explains in this episode, evolved several years ago when she started testing, in inverted commas, treatments. An injectable here, a bit of laser there. And before you know it, she's the beauty journalist that other beauty journalists call brave because she really will go there and try anything, even if it's completely brand new, for her readers. Her understanding of these procedures is vast, and she's not just an informed end user. She really understands what each tweakment promises, how it's supposed to work, if you go back and look at all the science, and what result is reasonable to expect. So not only does the book drill down into all these various cosmetic procedures you can think of, it's also a guide of the sorts of things you should know before you sign that disclaimer, way before you sign that disclaimer, including a guide to how to find a good practitioner. And that's also accompanied on the website with this constantly growing resource and database, which um, is a global database of how to find a good practitioner, as well as where to start. Yes, there's even a chapter on entry-level tweakments and how to ease your way into all these sorts of things. I used to think the first thing I'd ever do was an injectable, but actually there's a whole host, a whole raft of amazing treatments that can have a positive impact on how you look before, way before you have to think about injectables, and they're all in this book. In this conversation, Alice is really open and honest about what she's had done, and even open and honest about when they've gone wrong. And unfortunately, listeners... It has gone wrong. Not all the time, but she's open and honest about it. I say it in the show and I stand by it here. I have a lot of brilliant beauty colleagues on speed dial who I can easily text if I have a question about this sort of thing. Uh, the subject of cosmetic procedures is something I feel very lucky. I, I can text somebody who, who really knows and say, who's the best for baby Botox? Or I can text somebody else and say, honestly, hand on heart, who does the best filler in London? 
And this book is very much that kind of resource for anyone who is curious about cosmetic procedures. It really is like having that beauty buddy who really knows in your back pocket, which is why I do think it's a wonderful thing to look at before you try a treatment. I'm thoroughly enjoying working my way through the book and feel as though I have an impartial expert in Alice who also really cares. She's got this big sister vibe as well because she doesn't want me to she doesn't want to steer me wrong. So she's guiding me through any future decision I may or may not make about having work done. I really hope you enjoy this episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I'm really enjoying this book and I hope you enjoy the book and Alice Hart Davis. Alice Hot Davis, thank you so much for being on The Emma Gunn Show. Well, thank you for asking me. <laughs> um, I'm excited because you have a new book out called The Tweakments Guide, colon, fresher face. And you really are the journalist that I've known for a long time who seemingly has no fear. That's very kind of you. I have a lot of fear, Em, so I'm scared of everything. But with Tweakments, I have been writing about this area for a long time, mm -hmm. I've been trying out these procedures and I felt it was necessary to share it, what I've learned mm. with the wider world, because it's been an area that people haven't really talked about very much in the past. It's been quite a taboo, good deal of stigma, good deal mm -hmm. of fear and shame and judgment around it. But now that is beginning to change. And I just suddenly got the bit between my teeth a couple of years ago with this thinking, rather than writing a skincare book or whatever I was trying to push along at the time, I thought... This is what I need to do because I've done so much in this area and I don't care what people think about me sharing it. I feel I need to get it out there because people are so confused in this area about what does what and what they should try mm -hmm. and how things work and what the treatments feel like. So um, getting back to the fear, I've tried most of those treatments in the book, but I, I'm always still a bit fearful when approaching a new treatment because these things are I mean they're, they're non-invasive mm -hmm. um, or minimally invasive I suppose you'd say if they involve needles mm -hmm. but still you're submitting your face your lips your cheeks whatever to a doctor armed possibly with a sharp needle or a laser <laughs> and um, yeah you know it's it's right to be a bit anxious about that. Yes. So let's take it back to before tweakments because mm -hmm. there's a lot to be said about this book. And it really is given, as listeners will know, as you know, Alice, because I've just told you about my first dabbling with my first cosmetic procedure. Yes. I now feel as though this is information and that I want to consume, but I want expert guidance and I want an independent expert guide. And that's what you are. So your career yeah. is for a long time you've been... A health and beauty journalist. Yes. Um, I began specialising in health about 20 and a bit years ago, beauty shortly after that. And I was the right age for all this. Also, I was all, as in all this anti-aging stuff. I hate talking about it as anti-aging because, you know, we all get old. Mm. I, I don't like that as a phrase in general, but as a shorthand mm -hmm. for this whole area, it's useful. And I was on the Evening Standard, so we were always looking at what's new, what's trendy, mm. what's coming along in London. And the features editor was obsessed with all these new treatments. What are these doctors doing? They're doing Botox. They've got these new fillers. It's all a bit under the radar. Get in there. Go and find out mm. who are they and what are they doing and what's it like. And because I had got 
three young children, full-time jobs, generally looking rather exhausted. Um, <laughs> you know, I was curious about all this. I mean, it took me quite a long time to actually try a procedure rather than writing about it. But when you start looking into this area, it soon becomes quite tempting. And although I would be working a lot with younger journalists who'd also always say, oh, that stuff's poison. I would never put it in my face. Mm. You sit there and think, sweetie, you just wait. You just wait till you're pushing 40 and you wake up and you look in the mirror and that face looking back at you is looking cross and tired and anxious when you're not feeling it. And you think, mm. would it be so bad? Could I just try it? What right. difference would it make? Mm. No, so that's what... That, that that's the kind of journalism you were doing? Yes, so I started writing about all that and the whole area was growing and discovering what creams could do to improve mm. your skin and the quality of your skin, how they really can help remodel it, the more active mm. ingredients. And then backing across into these procedures, um, it's been quite a journey. The whole area's mm. grown a lot. So speaking of skincare, I do think that's really interesting. I would say in the last few years, because of certain skincare brands coming out, there's been mm -hmm. a lot of talk about the democratisation of beauty yeah. and this greater understanding of what active ingredients can do. But that it wasn't anything particularly new. This, this drum was being banged for a yeah. long time. It's just, why do you think it's, it's picked up and taken root now? I think, well, when I first started writing about skincare, particularly on newspapers, which didn't traditionally cover beauty, the prevailing attitude from the top was always, this stuff doesn't really work, does it? I mean, that's a, a generally middle-aged man's perspective, and it was usually middle-aged men editing these sections. But it all changed. I'll tell you where it all changed for me was in 2007, when Horizon did that documentary where they mentioned the boots Protect and Perfect yes, Serum, yeah. which had clinical data showing it did as good a job as a prescription product. Mm -hmm. And I remember the health editor rushing up to me the next day and saying, it's incredible. They say this stuff works. I said, yeah, it has the data. And he said, but what about all the rest of it? Does any of the rest of it have data? He said, yes. He said, well, write about it then. <laughs> <laughs> this is only what I've been trying to do. But that changed the way the people I wrote for looked at it. So mm -hmm. I was then encouraged to look at the brands who were producing the kind of ingredient-led stuff. This is more the kind of cosmeceutical mm. area, you know, things with vitamin C, yep. things with retinol, mm. um, the importance of wearing sunscreen to protect whatever results you're getting, you know, what all those peptides can do if you, if you use the stuff properly. I think a lot of people dabble with skincare and what they what they do need to to know is that if you want to get the results that any cream is claiming you've got to use it like medicine like it says on the packet mm -hmm. um even if that package is a very lovely beautifully done thing it will say use twice a day yeah. and then you should should use it it's not a drop in drop out right okay that's really interesting well i think i think a lot of people take a bit of a um a bit of a what can we what can we call it um what do they call it? A hodgepodge? Uh, yeah. Based, no, I know exactly. Uh, a, yeah. a lot of people dabble when it comes to skincare. Mm. They think, I'll try a bit of this, I'll mix a bit of that, it'll give a great result, but you'll get a better result if you are consistent mm -hmm. with the use of it. It sounds a bit boring. Take product A, use mm. it till it's used up, see what happens. But that's the way to tell if something's really working for you. Yeah. How do you feel, incidentally, because I have been sent recently some really expensive, really beautiful skincare. 
And I won't mention the brand because oh, I don't think that's particularly... I'm going to sigh because... But it's not airtight. The day cream and the night cream are not airtight. And so immediately... Well, that might be fine because it may be so loaded up with preservatives that it'll be absolutely fine in mm. terms of not going off. But in terms of do you want all those preservatives? Do you want to be stuffing your fingers into mm. it? Um, there are so many better options, mm -hmm. I feel now. It seems a really old-fashioned thing to have an open jar mm -hmm. or to have a heavy perfumed cream. Yep. You want um, you want something in a nice airtight packaging, something that the light isn't getting to it, the air isn't getting to it, and then it will maintain its efficacy the whole way through. Mm. But skincare is so fundamental. I mean, one of the messages in the book is that you should start with skincare because I think people... People often think they, they want to jump in the deep end mm -hmm. when it comes to treatments, which worries me. I've got a lovely Insta friend um, who popped up out of the blue last summer saying, what about this treatment called um, Tixol? Is it okay to mention mm -hmm. treatments? Um, and Tixol is quite an aggressive treatment. It was described to me by the doctor who uses it as a waffle iron for your crow's feet. And like. it's simply, <laughs> yeah, it, it's very direct. It delivers a controlled burn all over your face. And as that heals, uh, you get a lovely tightening, smoothing result. So my new friend pops up and says, what about Tixel? I said, yeah, great results. You can see the pictures of my before and afters. They're online. And then she comes back to me saying, oh, good, because I've got to step up my facial routine because all I use is sunscreen and baby wipes and I have a job that keeps me outdoors most of the day yes. and I just, I just think oh stop just a sec sweetie before you jump off that high diving board with this really aggressive treatment you know, look there's lots of steps you could go through mm. to get your skin in better nick to see what you can do with that before you move on to aggressive treatments. Mm. So, but I think British women are particularly bad about that. They do nothing, do nothing, do nothing. Then they get their nerve together mm -hmm. and they go for something really quite hardcore. And there's no need to do that. You could you know, start with skincare. You could move on to facials that involve a bit of laser light or microneedling, mm. something in a really low dose. Yeah, because also I think... Um, I, I too was like that until I've had a few conversations recently with people and you realise actually tweakments or any kind of cosmetic procedure is just another pillar, but the other pillars have to be in place. Completely. In completely. order to support really good skin. Yes, yes. Uh, you've got to eat right. Um, mm. You've got to get enough sleep. That's a huge one. I think particularly mm. at the moment when we're all happily checking our devices till whatever time, there's good studies showing that if you have less than five hours sleep a night, your skin's ability to repair itself and um, maintain moisture levels, etc. Absolutely nosedives. Stress is a huge one. Mm. Eating too much sugar is a big one. Mm. So yeah, lifestyle plays into it in a, in a huge way. And you have in this book, you have so many different treatments and you've actually indexed them really well because you've done them by <laughs> type, but then you've also done them by different chapters for different needs so it's a very easy book to navigate like you could go oh, into that you. index yeah, I really like the way because it's done two ways you've got your treatment reviews but then you've also done them by chapter so what well, the really tricky thing with this I mean it took me a while to get it straight to work out how to present it because most people come at this from the aspect of I've got circles under my eyes or 
I've got mm-hmm. lines on my forehead. So you've got to look at it by concern. And yet I sort of feel you want to explain what the available technologies yeah. are in the area, how they work and what they can do. And the tricky thing is if you've got wrinkles on your forehead, you might think of softening those with wrinkle relaxing toxins, but you could also laser them. Mm-hmm. You could also do microneedling. You could also um, try that waffle iron blaster. <laughs> All of these things help to regenerate the collagen in your skin, which is doing something different to the toxins. And it's trying to help people build up a picture of how you might approach these things, what's within your personal comfort mm-hmm. zone and budget, um, what kind of results they might give you and whether you think the whole thing is worth it. Because that's the thing. I mean, these things aren't for everybody. I'm not saying everybody should go and do them. Um, It's just I know people are incredibly curious about this area. So it's just to try and say for those who are curious, for those who want the independent advice, um, just have a look through this, find out how to keep yourself safe. Because the real difficulty in this area, in this country, is the dire lack of regulation Mm -hmm. around this whole area. Because a lot of people go off to a doctor and they think, oh, they're a doctor, they'll only be using good stuff, I will be safe. And that is not the case here, unfortunately. So it is absolutely incumbent on the anyone who is tweakment curious to educate themselves about how to keep themselves safe mm. in this area before they go and do anything. And of course, it all seems a bit boring, doing endless research into safety and whatever else, but it, it, it's so crucial, can't stress mm. that enough. But you've done the endless research, and now you're just telling people. <laughs> it's all down there. This is the kind of the boring bits, but it's like mm-hmm. I've got a website that goes along with this as well. And I, I say in the video on that, you know, if you only read one thing on this site, just read the staying safe advice, mm. just so that you know what you should be looking for, uh, what you might have to contend with, so that you are educating yourself because it's a buyer beware market unfortunately so in terms of staying safe what are there is there one crucial thing or are there several um, things that you really you need, need to, to find a good practitioner who is a safe pair of hands and you have a chapter in the book there's a whole, a good, <laughs> there's a whole chapter yeah there's a whole chapter on that so even if somebody is a doctor or a qualified nurse or a dentist or these people who can work with aesthetics mm-hmm. um, they may not have a lot of experience with the particular product or technology you're looking at mm-hmm. um, also the thing that's impossible to tell is they may not have an aesthetic eye you know that old thing of anyone can pick up a paintbrush but not everyone's Picasso or maybe not Picasso maybe that's not <laughs> <laughs> what do people say with hairdressing they, they say anyone can pick up a pair of scissors but they're not all um, Guido or Nicky Clark or mm-hmm. depending on who your hairdressing idol Adam Reed. is Adam <laughs> Reed. don't we love Adam Reed? So what you're saying is, is that somebody can be, can be legally yeah. ab- able yeah. to wield that, inject yeah. that um, syringe yeah. full of whatever, but mm. it depends whether they actually are able to. Okay, yeah, just just to backtrack track on the legally able, depends what you're injecting. Um, Botox is a prescription medicine, so only doctors, dentists prescriber nurse prescribers and um surgeons anyone with with a doctor qualification can get those anyone who has the ability to prescribe um but when it comes to fillers Mm. they are just regulated as medical devices so anybody can buy them and administer them to anyone else you and i can go and buy them I, yeah, <laughs> Emma is goggling, uh, listeners. And I've and, got big eyes already. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. But it's 
I'm quite surprised it's a story I haven't ever been asked to go and do because you can go on fillerworld.com, whatever. You can buy these these things, these products. In other countries, it's more tightly controlled, but here you can buy them. You could do a short training course. Some of these training courses are only a day or two. You maybe get to inject an orange. Maybe you get to inject breast implants. They're always good for getting the feel of a needle mm. going through a skin. But uh, have these practitioners practiced on faces? You know, th- this is why it's so important to have somebody who really knows what they're doing mm. because it's perfectly legal for anybody to do that. And it's, there's also not that many fillers that are available or for use in the States where it's more tightly controlled. Mm. Uh, you know, over here, there's hundreds. In the States, there's about eight brands that are FDA approved. So is it okay as a consumer to say, have you injected this into somebody's face before? For sure. Um, you <laughs> Excuse me, that's my stomach. <laughs> my stomach's rumbling. Sorry, listeners. As a consumer, you need to go and ask all the obvious questions. Um, how long have you been doing this? Um, how long have you been using this product? What happens if something goes wrong? Are you qualified to treat complications because what, where we see problems in this area, you know, when we get horror stories in the mm. newspaper or on social media, somebody who's had their lips blow up, somebody's injected a blood vessel and it's mm. all swollen and the tissue's starting to die around it. Um, often the people who've done that work, when the poor person who's had the, the stuff go wrong goes back to them and asks them to fix it, they aren't able to do that and they right. it takes time for to go and find a decent practitioner who can reverse that mm. work it can usually be reversed if they've used hyaluronic acid fillers that's the most commonly used type of filler because that stuff can be dissolved but if it's not tackled you have huge problems so your practitioner needs to be competent in using the stuff using good products and also to be confident to fix problems should problems arise. Mm, mm. And all the good practitioners are very honest about this. They say problems can crop up at any stage. There was one doctor I was talking to recently who said she'd had no problems with fillers for the first nine years she was using them. And then she had a a slew of complications, a slew probably like three Mm -hmm. in the next year. Mm. But she was saying, I'd never seen these things before. And because she was really experienced by then, couldn't understand what was causing them because she was following best practice mm. and I think. So it's tricky. Well, what I was going to ask as well, um, obviously we've got to do the research, not just about the treatment that we're having and the person who's apl- um, applying it or doing the yeah. work, as it were. What was the first procedure you had? I first had my nose-to-mouth lines injected, actually. I'd gone to interview Rita Rakus, Dr. Rita Rakus, who even back in 2002 was the London lip queen. She was doing lovely, subtle work on lips, but I was far too scared when she offered to inject my lips. Um, so she looked at my face and these great grooves coming down from, from uh, nose to the corner of the mouth. And she popped a bit of filler in there and it didn't hurt very much it was all quite easy and it looked much better mm-hmm. and I was so sort of stunned and amazed at having it done um, I went off to the hairdresser straight after that who of course sharp-eyed hairdresser instantly said <laughs> what have you done I said nothing nothing he said you have I said okay <laughs> this is what I've tried um, the interesting thing is that, that is a procedure that 
not so many people will do these days. I know Tracy Mountford was talking about mm. this when when you talked to her, because actually to so it's a good example of kind of old style work that was done 15 years ago versus what you do now. Because now to lift that area, what what they do is to inject on the cheek really quite deep to add mm. a bit of structure to the face that lifts up the whole cheek pad. And then that softens that bit without you having to mm. stuff anything in the actual lines. It's that difference, isn't it, that she said, uh, which is an expression I hadn't heard before that made me chuckle, the chasing lines. Yes, it was all about chasing lines. They chased away all the forehead lines with Botox. They chased away all the grooves by simply filling them in. Mm. But now it's a really interesting development in the first it was the sort of softening of the face by a volumetric approach of putting back mm. the volume that gets lost in the cheeks in the lips in the temples I love having a bit of filler in my temples but not least because it lifts the tail of the eyebrow a bit because otherwise oh. I see my eyes collapsing down like this and <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling faces you feel and, too stern. Uh, yeah you feel too stern and uh, there was the volumizing approach that came through and now it's all being dis discussed in a sort of emotional approach. Mm, mm. So rather than going and saying, doctor, I've got these lines that are bothering me, the doctor will ask you, how do you want to feel about your face? Um, so that you'll say, I feel I look sad. I feel I look angry. Mm. And in, so that means they know they want to work on the whole expression, you know, because th th there'll be multiple factors mm. causing that, whether it's, a tendency to pull down the corners of your mouth. I, what I tend to do is go mm, like this. What what I'm doing this is, is pulling down the corners of my mouth, making that upside down smile, yeah. upside down mm. smile, and which I didn't even realise I did until some doctor kindly pointed it out to me. Um, and why he pointed it out was because a couple of spots of wrinkle relaxing toxin. Um, that's usually Botox, but other toxins are available um, in those muscles. Just stops you doing that the whole time. Mm. Um, and has a nice result. The whole way I, I've written out my things that I wanted to speak to Tracy about when I interviewed mm -hmm. her. And I scribbled on my pad, bitch face. And then I thought, <laughs> don't forget to ask about bitch face. Don't forget to ask about bitch face. I have resting bitch face. Do you? It's a defence mechanism from... Work. I don't see it. You've got your lovely face. <laughs> but you see me in the context of, okay. of work events and things where I would always be like, hi! Nice sunny animation. Yeah, but yeah. when I'm out and about, I'm like, bitch face, like, don't talk to me, I don't want okay. this. And I know, and when people catch that in a picture, I think, oh, girl, yeah, relax. And so I said to her, "Is it? would it be a reasonable thing? And I'm interested about the emotional vocabulary and language. Mm. I... If I went to somebody now and said I would like some work done and that, that work would likely be injectables, I would want to soften with the bitch face. <laughs> the scowling. I, 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 I still don't see it, but I know what you mean. And, and yeah, that's totally what they can do because a little softening of the muscles that you were using. Um, also, when they inject the, the, the muscles that you're using to scowl, as it settles in, you get this funny kind of feeling like your forehead's made of fudge, as one friend put it to, it to me. It, it's like it's gone slow and sludgy and you can't quite get it to respond because you, you can't. Yeah. Um, and just the awareness of that and how it feels when it's smoothed out. There is some research showing that if your forehead looks clearer and therefore you look happier, you 
have that knock-on effect of emotionally actually feeling happier as well. So, I mean, you, you can also become very aware of how which muscles you're using by using the kind of sticking sellotape on your face or those little oh, things really? called frownies, yeah, which are kind oh, of yeah, sellotape. Yeah. They don't rip your face off when you take it off. <laughs> but if you put it onto a smooth brow, then, of course, every time you frown, you're dragging at that paper mm. and you become <laughs> hyper-aware of which muscles you're using. So we can't all project lovely serenity the whole time, but trying to stay serene Relaxing can help. Can well, help. That's making me think of what Dalton Wong said to me ages ago, the personal trainer, about um, something about yoga and uh, having great posture and the link between mm-hmm. that and depression. Really? Okay, yes. I don't know about that. Um, I will have to find the data and put it in show notes. That um, if you stand better, yeah, something you feel... The yes, in- for sure. The incidence yeah. of depression in people who have great posture, whether that be via Pilates or yoga, Gosh. is... And I think the, the sort of conversation was, you never see a depressed yogi. <laughs> but I'm sure that... But anyway... You don't. I think they work through it by the time they come to, <laughs> come to doing all that, haven't they? When the way you're saying that, I think, well, if I stand up straight, yes, I do have it. My countenance is different. I perhaps am probably brighter mm. already. Mm. And it's just that's very interesting that if you relax those frowny bits on your yeah. forehead, yeah. if you your the brain gets the message of, oh, everything's, it's all, everything's right. all right. It's yeah. all good, doll. <laughs> like, and also, because when one has that grumpy resting face and everything is drooping down, if you, if you if you're a bit older like me, it's when you look, down if you look mm. in an ipad when you catch that reflection you think oh because <laughs> the front camera when you go to take a picture that gets you and, and everything's drooping and, and of course uh tweakments can help there because they can tighten the skin a bit they can mm. lift the contours a little bit and it all just can help you feel a bit better about yourself because I mean, that's a key thing in this area it, it's not for the vast majority of people about looking younger mm. it's about looking fresher brighter more rested um those are the adjectives that show up in the market yeah. research and that's really what you know i don't want to look 35 again um but i i don't want to look older than i am mm. I, you know I'm, I'm 55 and there's days in the morning where i <laughs> you think mm, 60 is coming up next but hey bring it on because um i want to try and keep my face looking reasonably real that's the other difficulty in this area knowing when to stop because people say is it a slippery slope and I'm afraid the truthful answer is it is it is because once you've tried something and had that bit of a wow from it um you think well where next now I've now I've tried that one so it is it is absolutely crucial to know where to stop because there's so many overdone faces particularly within the aesthetics industry. I mean, I go to a lot of conferences uh, in the UK, around the world, Mm. which are all just the nurses, doctors, educators who work in this area. And a lot of people get quite keen on their own medicine. And um, there's one conference I work at every year. I moderate the live demonstration theatre there for a couple of days. So, you know, on stage, seeing a lot of people working always with two Great guys who, who, who man the audiovisual stuff at the back of the theatre. Always normal guys, always different guys every year. And I love to go up and say to them on the morning of the second day, hey guys, how's it going? And one of them will be absolutely guaranteed to say, all going fine, but the faces. <laughs> <I'll> say. <laughs> you say, yeah, um, 
it's very easy to get that face that the forehead looks a bit over bright. The mm. eyebrows have risen up too high. The cheeks are too big. I mean, you know, listeners, you'll, you'll know what this is like. You know, the lips are projected yeah. too far forward. You were talking about this the other day. You know, mm. those lips walk into the room before the person does. And that generally is not the kind of work that most of the practitioners in this area like to do. They, they want their results to be subtle. They would yes. be um, distressed to think that their work was in any way obvious um but i think it's that i i do think it's that thing of these tweakments aren't inexpensive you're absolutely right obviously there is a broad there is but no they're, they're all expensive um it's a big commitment and for sure some people want to see where their money's gone yeah. but most people want an overall freshening result that will just help them feel better about themselves in the way a not quite in the way a great haircut would because you have to keep working at haircuts don't mm. you but I mean plastic surgeons always used to send potential um patients to hairdressers first to say you know you think you want a facelift but go away and buy a nice coat have your hair done really? see what that makes you feel about yourself yeah just to say if you're coming in here with various problems in your life and you think it's your face, go and see what other things might do to improve your appearance before you fixate on making a radical change. Because, you know, plastic surgery is pretty no going back, particularly if this was old style facelifts. So 10 years ago, they would be just a lift the whole face. Now it tends to be done in a, I know, I, I can't watch these things. No, I, I've been I invited can't. to watch procedures and I'm just too much of a win. Have no, you? I can't, I can't. I, I was asked to watch a thread lift about 10 years ago when the thread lifts were in their first mm. iteration and I was nearly sick. It's making me want to I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. And, <laughs> and, I mean, thread lifts, I'm now okay with stuff like thread lifts and I've tried mm. to step up and watch things like the, the sort of fat removal, which isn't quite liposuction. It's like a mini version of liposuction. Is that with but, the laser? Where it yeah, it's sort of laser, it, yeah. it's laser assisted. Mm. Um, so yeah, but there's still... A lot of rootling under the skin and breaking the stuff up and then you see the stuff coming out of other tubes and I it looks think, I'm sorry I'm sorry I can't I love knowing about it mm. I love learning the technical details of mm. it but actually watching it and so the thought that um because when it comes to surgical stuff a lot of the surgeons are now doing procedures under not just under sedation which is easier to manage than anesthetic mm. but doing under local anesthetic <laughs> they're doing they're doing eye lifts they're doing facelifts oh god you know <laughs> i had one procedure under just local anesthetic with with a surgeon it was removing a fatty growth from my leg um which they said this is really easy and so i thought oh this is great you know i'm awake and i didn't think shall i take photographs of it because it was a few years ago when we weren't all taking photographs of everything but it was so strange being awake and aware of what was going on and when they started pulling and tugging around inside my leg which I couldn't I could feel the pulling but it was no pain mm. and then saying "Ooh, this is interesting and you think what what show me let me see and they said no <laughs> remain lying down please and you think, why <laughs> what does it look like what what mammoth growth have you found inside my leg but the feeling there it was just so overwhelmingly weird knowing that somebody mm. was making a cut in my body and that I should remain still and calm on the bed I mean, you think I could I could I couldn't do that um yeah. it, it's difficult enough to stay still with needles and things I like yes. to chatter 
to distract myself, which obviously there comes a point when people are working around your mouth and say, will you now please (laughs) just be quiet? Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, because I do try these things and I've always talked about trying them, um, which hasn't always made me a lot of friends, but I think it's really important to... Well, people judge you quite harshly for it. Um, They, they? yeah, I mean, particularly in in online comments and articles and things, you know, they say, isn't this the old cow that has all that Botox? How come she's got so many wrinkles? And much worse. But um, normally my husband reads the comments now, bless him, and he will say, I wouldn't. Uh, any 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 piece I've written very well yeah. like that because often I will think it's it's fine I can read these things and you can laugh most of them off but there'll always be one mm. even if it's one out of five hundred that speaks to some deeply insecure part of yourself yeah, that agree. strikes home and then, and then it's like Pandora's box isn't it you can't pop it back or you can't unsee that that comment um it's like this podcast kit was bought at five o'clock in the morning on amazon because i woke up in the middle of the night and somebody had slagged off the audio on the podcast oh emma and so i was like oh my god it's it's pretty damn smart and um and very portable but i was but i again didn't look at the other people's emails that were all the hundreds who were downloading the thousands millions who were downloading (laughs) and saying nice things and five-star reviews got the email that said i'd listen to your podcast if the sound was better but but, but because it i mean i think the sound was adequate considering the kit i was using self-funded self-published thank you very much Hmm. but also it it um tapped into as you say that insecurity in me that knew that i wasn't using um the top range kit because I couldn't afford to but come on you started this up off your own back you've got it to where it is now all on that perfectly adequate as it's ever sounded to me so okay obviously I'm no sound engineer but seems more than good enough to me it's the it was the big old USB microphone the blue yeti and it's the one that when I put it in front of Roger Dove because Roger's Roger what did you say he said something like i don't know whether to talk into it or buy it dinner (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you roger but what what are these calls these these uh, These microphones okay well i just call them karaoke mics i just if you ever if you want to listeners if you're interested in what the kit is there is a post on emmaguns.com but just to just to get back where were we sorry (laughs) you and writing about all of these treats and the fact that you do have people be critical yes for because this is something that's come up before about these treatments or tweakments being mm-hmm. a vanity thing yeah They're not i well well there's a lot of fear and shame and judgment around this whole area and there has been i mean the stigma has lessened enormously over the time i've been writing about mm. it i mean even 10 years ago people were pretty reticent about admitting they'd had anything done mm. and I mean, one thing that really winds me up is the way celebs won't ever admit the help they get in this area. You know, they get a lot of help, um, most of them. And yet when they're interviewed, they will say with a perfectly straight face, if it's me that's interviewing them, (laughs) yes, I tried Botox once, but it made me look so weird I've never tried it again. And now I do a lot of yoga. I have alkaline juices or whatever they say. Mm. And you think, okay, so, and then I get asked to write pieces for the paper about the Botox backlash because everybody in the public eye who has ever talked about this will say, but we've given up on it. 
I think this is not true. This is not true. So at the conferences, um, my little joke, I like to go up to the nurses and doctors in the coffee breaks and say, so doctor, I hear you're doing less Botox. And they look at me like, is this a trick? <laughs> and I say, well, the thing is, everybody I see talking about this, they all say they tried it once and they gave up. You know, mm. if one multiplies that out, you guys must be going out of business. And then they all <laughs> roar with laughter and say, you do realise this is my number one procedure. And it's just because we can all do such good, subtle work mm. that people can get away with lying. But it's just not helpful to the normal person who is wondering how these guys look so good. Have they had a bit of help? Have they managed to remain in what Tracy Mountford calls that state of cosmetic suspended animation for 15 years often and of course they've had a bit of help uh, but they don't need to admit it because the work is good and subtle and it might almost look normal but if only they would talk about it I feel that would open up the conversation for everybody else because you know if only everyone was a bit more honest you know because normally we'll say oh I had this lovely facial or I've been on holiday or I've got a great new lipstick or I've discovered this new mascara that curls lashes so it opens up your eyes, you know, and you need to say, I've actually mm. had a dose of laser that took out some of that pigmentation. Yeah. That's why I look that bit fresher and brighter. Because I, uh, the other thing, most of my friends don't do this kind of stuff. My girlfriends from university... They're not that interested. They, um, some of them will even say, but why would you want to mutilate yourself like this? You know, 15 a piece I've written, they say, you, surely you can get other work. Mm. Surely you don't need to do these kind of, no, 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 you don't get it. I do these things because I want to, I choose to. I'm really curious about what they do. And I'm vain. I yeah. love the idea. So, no, they think, they think, you know, quite, quite rightly, old style feminists, you know, why would you go near any of these things? Where is your self-respect? As, I, as a fellow beauty colleague, but also someone who's admired you for years, the <laughs> idea that your friends are like, Alice, if you've fallen on hard times, please don't have another injectable if you need the cash <laughs> for your commission. Actually, I want to see what this, this, this area can offer. And I, I'm very aware that, you know, that... You should research your treatments, like I was saying, that you should not be a cosmetic mm. guinea pig in this area. That, that's another thing I would stress, even though that is how I've been um, proceeding Lovely. in the last 20 years. Because yeah. um, I know that being a guinea pig for these things is not always wise. Sometimes they do go wrong. Sometimes I've ended up like with half my forehead totally frozen for three months because I've had a, something that killed the nerve that lifts the muscle. So some, so you have had these treatments. And mm. I mean, if you were to a ballpark figure of how many you've had over the last 20 years, what are we talking? <laughs> I don't know. A lot. Um, how many are there in the book that I've reviewed? There must be about 50. How many times have I repeated some of these? Because these things are all temporary. Mm. You know, they all go away. So something like Botox, I would like to do two or three times a year. Not a lot. I like to let my muscles regain mm. their function before we, we move on and slaughter them again. But um, And fillers. I won't have fillers more than about once a year. But then things like pigment clearing, mm -hmm. lasery stuff. Uh, hundreds, I think, is what I'm yeah. working up towards saying. And so there have been instances where yeah. the results have not been Absolutely. Ideal. And if you had been not a reviewer, if you'd been a paying customer, it would have been seen as an unsatisfactory unsatisfactory if result. I'd been a paying customer I might have been going for the lawyers yeah mm. um this particular one I had been nagging the poor surgeon who was introducing the procedure into the UK for 
a best, the best part of a year. It's a non-surgical procedure, but often surgeons like these things to sort of work alongside mm -hmm. the kind of stuff they're offering surgically to their patients. And this was a new treatment. It had been used for killing nerves in the knees because then you're free from knee pain if you, if you suffered from chronic knee pain. The application here was to um, kill a little portion of the uh, the nerve that communicates with the muscle in the forehead to lift the forehead. So, so it was it like being billed as an alternative to, yeah, to Botox. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the surgeon made me wait until he finished his trial group, which is very good of him. And then I said, let me come in, let me come in with the cameraman, let me, let me do all this. And I didn't realise it was a complicated treatment. It, it involved a little prong like a three-pronged fork like a little trident with six millimeter needles that had to be plugged into the side of your head across the path of the nerve that travels up the side of your face and into the forehead and then they pass liquid nitrogen into those prongs not into your head just through the prongs but liquid nitrogen being so so cold mm. it freezes the nerve the end of terminator 2 for anyone who likes <gasps> yes and <laughs> lovely one and they repeat that until it's killed the nerve and they can do up to eight cycles. It's, it's so cold and they leave it there for 30 seconds and it's like a, a deep ache. And then in between each cycle, they'd sit me up and say, raise your eyebrows. And this side gave in quite quickly and just dropped. Mm -hmm. And this side didn't respond at all. And after eight, they said, that, that's the maximum, we can't do any more. And I, th I thought of a lot of questions to ask before this treatment, mm. like how long have you been doing it? What's the data behind it? Uh, what sort of results have you seen in your patients? But I had not thought to ask, can it work on one side of my face and not the other? So I had to go out with one side of my face collapsed down. It was like a shutter had dropped. I, on my, on, on my, I couldn't get my contact lenses in and out without lifting up. And was that the result you wanted on that side? No, I, I just hadn't thought it through. If you kill the nerve that's doing this job of course the whole thing collapses um whereas this side boring boring was moving up and down <laughs> like normal but the really bizarre thing was nobody actually noticed till i pointed it out because i go around saying to beauty yeah. industry colleagues yeah. at, at press get-togethers hey look at my face and then of course they would be absolutely appalled mm. and i bumped into a surgeon friend um and said, hey, look what I've done now, um, all in aid of my research. And he was actually very cross and said, you are an idiot, that's permanent nerve damage, it won't recover. I said, but, but of course it will. And he said, I said, it'll regrow at a millimetre a, a day or a week or whatever mm. it is. And he said, you know that how? I said, because it says so in their marketing materials. And he was like, right. And just walked off and thought, oh no, oh no, have I done something really stupid? But it did grow back. Um, three months later, I'd sit there every morning trying to, <laughs> trying to, come on, eyebrow, please, please work. I'll be lovely to you ever after. And uh, a, there was a twitch and you think, oh, hallelujah, it's, it's grown back. But uh, one of the many things that made me think that was a stupid thing to do. And so if ever I'm now trying a new procedure... I always have to stop and think because one day I will overreach myself, I'm sure, and then I'll have to wear a paper bag on my head for the rest of my days. <laughs> and uh, at least my dog will still love me. And if I'm lucky, my husband, because he'll just say, you are an idiot, but at least... <laughs> at Do you least. feel like that, though? Do you feel... Because there have been so many innovations that 
perhaps I would I would wonder whether the risk twenty years ago when you started was greater than the risk that you might experience now going in for something probably, new. Probably, probably. I think you're absolutely right. It depends what level of newness it is, um, because new things come along the whole time, and sometimes they leap off into a sort of future dimension. There's mm. a procedure at the moment quite popular. It's a, quite exciting sounding it involves what's called plasma energy though I don't quite understand that but it 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 makes a tiny sort of lightning bolt of electricity between the tip of the device that's delivering it and the skin it results in a tiny tiny burn on the skin and if you work a pattern of those burns along a wrinkle I'm pinching up the top of my eyelid to say say we've got a fat Mm. eyelid wrinkle here and you burn all the way either si- along either side of that, you end up with a tiny little pattern of dots, but the skin tissue, the burnt skin tissue contracts mm. and it gives an instant eyelid lift. So as a demonstration, showman type thing mm. on a stand at a conference, it's amazing, a mm. non-surgical eye lift within five minutes. But those little tiny burns, they take a month or so to crust over to heal, to oh, fall wow. off. Okay, that's quite uh, the potential for scarring is quite high. Mm. Um, some doctors like it. I was quite keen on it at first, just thinking, wow, here's something really new. Then you think, no, 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 hang on, just wait. What have you learned in the past? Just wait. <laughs> that's interesting because um, the guinea pig ele- element of it, let's mm. not forget as a working journalist, yeah. there's currency in being first. There is currency in being first. There, I mean, I mean, for a long time, I mean, lovely people in this area, like an old school dermatologist called Nick Lowe, who mm, I'm sure you'll have spoken yeah, to yeah, over time. Yeah. I used to ring him up regularly from the standard and pester him saying, what's new, what's new? And say, young lady, we are not inventing new procedures for your amusement. This whole area works by that. a process of revolution. No, evolution, not revolution. Mm. Um, so we take tried and trusted and well-proven things and we practice with those and they evolve Mm. um and we're not coming up with reinventing the wheel the whole time but and of course that's how it should be but you know yeah as a journalist I you get hardwired to chase novelty don't you Mm. I I mean from my very first job I, I was writing about shopping and it was new stuff it was new sort of designer knickknacks and stuff and I had to fill three pages of the Telegraph weekend supplement every week with new mm. things so um that that uh, you know from then right through to now when scrolling through Instagram that all these amazing novelties pop up I'm a terrible one for buying all those in the middle of the night um because you think oh this looks like yeah. absolutely must have a drain weasel to pull out hair and um oh, Instagram and, uh, ads are doing my bank balance in, honestly <laughs> but they're irresistible that that novelty but in this area yeah just wait and see just wait and see what's good just wait and see what a tried and trusted practitioner would suggest I mean that's the key thing really in this area also not something I've done but something I would advise is to find a practitioner you know and like and form a relationship with them Mm -hmm. going forward so you can have rather than rushing in and saying I want such and such done to my face you can have a thoughtful chat about how you feel about your face Mm. what you might try now what your budget allows, what you might try after that. And then you can find a way to manage the whole 
process mm. of that facial slide into into older age. I don't want to I don't want to sound down on this because you know aging is so normal and natural and ideally what we all need to do is to accept that and come to terms with it except now there are so many options that I feel one can perfectly easily accept the fact that you're getting older but also do it in the way you want mm. I mean it's a fan thing about this whole area that there are these options whether you simply want to clear your thread veins with a quick bit of IPL zapping mm. or whether you want a whole sale face tightening virtual facelift or whatever you call it a liquid facelift done with fillers or a the kind of skin resurfacing that will give you a whole new complexion you know the, the options are there so it's whatever um whatever suits I always think it's like there's a sliding scale of what's acceptable in beauty mm. g- going back to your point about how people judge these things because mm. makeup everyone's okay with makeup these days aren't they mm-hmm. hair coloring you know 30 years ago we wouldn't admit to hair coloring so easily after hair coloring we come along to maybe teeth whitening cosmetic dentistry and then you get to this whole area of treatments um even if celebs are talking about stuff they've had done they will usually talk about light treatments and laser which seem to be the acceptable side of it mm-hmm. and the final bit is needle-led things mm-hmm. which are where the the big reluctance comes in and you know i yeah. understand that um on the website i've done to go along with the book there's a a way of identifying which treatments might suit your particular concerns. And we've got a slider of options there. So you can choose needles or no needles, Mm -hmm. pain, low, medium, high, um, price (laughs) band. Downtime, yeah. Are you prepared for any downtime? Because, Mm. you know, we're all so busy now. We're all so sort of visible that um, maybe you don't want to have two days with your face looking bright red but most of these procedures are now delivered in much lower energy Mm. um, ways so that rather than having say a skin peel that would take off half your face like Samantha in Sex and the City that that was 2002 you know that was a long time Mm. ago and yet that image persists of if you have a chemical peel that's what your face will look like but now they do peels in a really gentle layered way and they'll do them over a course of weeks so you'll get all that result but just in a and you can get peel products you can get peel products in a way yeah you couldn't like if we think absolutely about all, all you know God, glycolic acid yeah. what do we do without it beforehand yeah <laughs> i don't know i only started using retinol just over a year ago and i still oh, yeah um, how'd you find it i really like it mm. brings me up in whiteheads on my chin though Really, it's really weird. Okay, only I, when when I get when I'm easing my way into it. Yeah, I um, yeah, I love I love adapted retinols. I I, I think that there are somewhere they've tweaked the molecules to be more effective and less aggressive, so mm. you get the effect of the skin boosting without quite so much of the flaking and irritation. I but, didn't I didn't dust because it's called dusting, isn't it as well. Is so it where, where, where your skin goes? Begins to peel mm. off. And I started <laughs> off with a, oh, I forget, it was a naught point something. Yeah. And then I was like, nothing's happening. Moved on to a 1%. Uh, and nothing happened. Wow. 
you could use it every single night. I've obviously got the skin of a rhino, honestly. It looks lovely. And then, cleaning, <laughs> I can see it in the daylight. Yeah. And then um, I moved on to the Neostrata Nag, and I oh yeah, that's okay, a strong one. And it took a while, but I did begin to dust. But if I use Sunday Riley Good Jeans, I dust almost immediately. Really. Mm. Goodness. So that's funny. a good way of judging how mm. it's how it's working for you. Yeah, I've got um, I got this new Medicaid one. I love the whole Medicaid range because mm. they, they they can step you up all the way from the bottom to the top. But they've their latest one combines both of the previous latest incarnations of. There's one um, ingredient called R retinoate, which is an adapted form of retinol, which is something like eight times stronger, but with no irritation. And they've combined that with another ingredient in that kind of retinol, retinoid chain, sorry, retinoids going from the retinal palmitate through retinol up to retinaldehyde and then retinoic acid at the very Mm. top of the chain. Okay, and this one, crystal retinal, is that's retinaldehyde, so that's nearly retinoic acid anyway, so that's pretty strong stuff. And they put that with the R-retinoate together in one product, and they did say go easy on it. So so I've been creeping up, uh, most unlike me, rather than jumping in and saying, yeah, right, let's kind of bath in this stuff. I've I've been... doing it twice a week and now every couple of days but then a makeup artist said the other day oh what have you done to your skin and you think actually I don't think it's the retinol I think it's a, it's a sort of stress of the last month or so <laughs> sort of lack of sleep you don't think yeah I think I'll just um I'll just leave it until life calms down a bit because yeah all the the, the self-publishing and the race to get mm. this all done and out has been quite a quite quite a journey but, mm. but but quite fun yeah it does seem like it's been sort of quick yeah so I, I didn't really say to anybody that I was working on because it seemed too boring to sort of say oh I'm writing a book I'm writing a book um and then not produce the book <laughs> uh and particularly because I haven't got a publisher nagging me along yeah. uh, it's quite hard to see exactly how long it's going to take because I, I sort of fitted this in around other things until um until I felt I really needed to get on with it but anyway it's here now but you have great. written the, I mean the chapters are and the, the sections within the chapters are written like very informative how-to articles so did, was it was it a simple process transitioning into the book writing no it's it's, <laughs> it's absolute agony and uh, <laughs> I don't know why because because I write a lot for the newspapers particularly for the male who often want a lot of stuff in very short order mm. I'd had one weekend where I wrote so much of a supplement for them that I came away thinking yeah sure 10,000 words a weekend I could crack out a book in no time (laughs) (laughs) but no but no it took a lot longer it was it was um paragraph by painful paragraph and I think of Sally Hughes fabulous Sally Hughes Mm. who was sort of saying you have to think of it as a series of articles I think Mm. was how her Mm. agent had said to her to just do but you you know what we're all like with articles you know it's it's that sort of deadline crisis thing you you essay crisis you you don't actually do it until the end it's really (laughs) urgent and if nobody is saying hurry up with it it's it's harder to motivate yourself so also it's structuring it into a coherent way because I would just put down all the information and then my brother who's a technical editor and who 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 went through all of this was saying 
we need an introduction here, we need an explanation mm. there. When you say this, do you actually mean that? Do you think, oops, yes. Um, so it's frustratingly slow, but it's got to be because it's got to be all there and it's got to look... But you're, How you're it looks. from a family of published authors, though. Yeah, but that's another pressure, isn't it? You know, why have I never written a novel? I wonder, you know, for far too scared to put something out that um, like that. But 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 yeah, sort of books is books is what they do. My dad produced a book last year. My mum produced a book last year. I don't know how many of my brother did. So, yeah, just kind of. Oh, I was I went book shopping on a Sunday and picked up this book because it was about um the most significant clinical trials and I didn't really look I'm, at I'm awestruck didn't really look at much and then I said and then I got it home looked at the name and then took a picture of it and sent it to you and you said oh yes uncle and I forgot oh the name. uncle Adam yeah 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 he did a lot of sort of tv science stuff mm. his his gig was he was a producer with Yorkshire tv and then he got into wanting to talk about local scientists in a particular area who had discovered some amazing scientific principle and he thought the way to do this would be to get on his mountain bike in his day glow cycling clothes and <laughs> pedal up and down the dales sort of pointing out that here lived so and so who discovered this one amazing scientific principle years back and then he'd recreate the experiment um with a lot of flashes and bangs and uh, Amazing. When he when he put that together, and we said this is never going to make a program. But I <laughs> actually, actually, it did. And um, yeah, he he went on to do a lot of things after that, like the what the Romans did for us and what the Victorians really? did for us. That's yeah, and he could wander up and down the the sewers of London, pontificating about the Romans or Victorians or whoever had created this Christ. particular wonder. Yeah, oh, this was about um, I think Pav Pavlov's dogs. Oh yes, never say that. Yes, is um was one of the things he was talking about, like the things that we've now. This is if you've heard this expression, this is the derivation. And this oh, was, okay, which is okay, really interesting. It's great, Handy. great little read, nice hmm. little Sunday afternoon read. Um, so speaking of skincare, I am interested, and I'm sure my listeners are. We know the tweakments that you've you've tried, we know that you go back and you do your fillers once a year, and you might have Botox two to three times a year. So we know yeah. the things that you obviously tried and liked enough to go back, but in terms of skincare. Are there any particular brands, ingredients? Obviously, we've covered retinol. Yeah. You it's... would say, if you are on the treatment path or thinking about it, these are the sorts of things to be thinking about too. Yeah, I always like and would direct people towards maybe the more cosmeceutical brands, as one might call mm -hmm. them, cosmeceutical being that kind of thing it's halfway between a cosmetic and a pharmaceutical product that's not a legal term so it's often quite loosely used mm. but brands like Neostrata which you mentioned mm. Priori, PCA, Medicaid, Epios, um, Exuviance that's a sort of sister one mm. of Neostrata I'm sure there's loads of others that I've I've not mentioned. Paula's Choice, because Paula's... Oh, Paula's Choice, I adore. Mm. Yeah, oh my goodness, that is one of my absolute favourites. I spend more money on Paula's Choice products than any other brand, absolutely seriously, because several of us in this family use... Mm. Um, particularly, the because she does everything by texture, that's what I love so much. So if mm. you've got an oily complexion, which I still have down the middle of my face, um, and you want a sunscreen, particularly I always want a sunscreen... 
Um, she's got a couple of absolute crackers. There's an SPF 30 and SPF 50 in the resist mm. uh, line, super light but moisturising. And because she really knows her ingredients, I, I trust those products. Yes. Um, but they walk. Also, her salicylic acid, the 2% mm -hmm. salicylic acid, um, which is so great just for declogging pores because it's a beta-hydroxy acid. Mm. It's the only one that's lipophilic, isn't it? So it, it, it dissolves in fat, so it gets into those um, clogged pores. Mm. It has a light exfoliating effect. Um, I remember the first time I, I met Paula at, at, at a, a press thing, mm. and she was talking about having oilier skin as you get older, which she still does. Yeah. Think, oh, right, wow, okay, <laughs> I, could, I could really relate to this. And the super light antioxidants she does. Um, and she's got an omega serum, Mm -hmm. as well i love that omega serum it sinks right in mm -hmm. uh, without provoking any oiliness in the face because i know you're a late convert to serums aren't you well i mean like two two years ago because I know you used to like a really heavy cream well but now you've uh, yeah I, I used to use serums but i don't think i knew why i was using them okay. shame on me um well, i was it's using so confusing even if we work in this area isn't it i mean you know there's so much well I was always, I also say I wasn't so much a beauty editor as a product placer because I didn't have a lot of copy. Okay. So I would go okay. to a press launch and I would be given a range and I would use that range, but I wouldn't necessarily understand why I was using the component parts. Oh, okay. I understood the marketing message of mm. that range mm. uh, because that's as much as I, as the, the room that I had to convey yeah. in my editorial. But yeah, so. Oh yeah, Ingrid, now, now SkinCeuticals, that's another mm. one I love because like the Paula's Choice Omega Serum, SkinCeuticals, excuse me, has mm -hmm. got this fantastic triple lipid restore cream. It's really good for older skins because yes. it's got cholesterol and ceramides and fatty acids, but with more cholesterol than most things, which is no good for younger skin, but on older skin, that really helps repair the barrier and all the rest. And that just helps, it particularly helps if, you, if you've got retinol going on and possibly mm. a bit of dusting and whatever that will help keep the barrier stable and yeah skin cuticles have got a a fantastically good pair of vitamin c's as well oh, um ferulic and floritin mm. i prefer mm. the floritin because it's not so heavy though it's quite difficult to recommend it to people unless they've got a big budget because it's like 130 yeah, quid it is. um but it is a good product um, but then, you know, you've got all these fantastic new brands with single ingredient mm. things or single-ish ingredients like the Garden of Wisdom. Mm -hmm. I've been trying that vitamin C. That seems quite nice. Like um, the Inky List, like theirs. They've, mm. got, they've got a really good um, zinc sunscreen. Yes. You think zinc, ooh, not sure. That will be <laughs> a white cast, but it's not. It's really good. And uh, and the Ordinary, of course, love the Ordinary. Um their vitamin C, though, that's quite savage. Um, that's oh. a bit like they're the night one. Cause, and, and DCL, yeah. sorry. Then yeah. I, so you think of one product, then you think another. The DCL 30%. It's fab, yeah. 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 Gritty. Though uh, gritty and in that non water, what you call it, mm -hmm. anhydrous base. Mm -hmm. um, so it feels quite silicony as it goes on, but lovely result. Okay, so say I'm... Sorry, I can go on. <laughs> I know, I know, but I just, I'm mindful of yeah, time. Yeah. No, I, I know, want to I know. ask you. So someone listens to this or someone follows Caroline or follows mm -hmm. you or follows mm. Nadine and thinks, right, I, I really need to start using a vitamin C. I want to deal with pigmentation. I want to have brighter skin, etc. Mm. How honestly can you, can you compare 
because you've got your DCL, which is expensive and is at 30%, mm. which is gritty. You've got your ordinary. If, if I say I'm using this vitamin C, what advice would you give to listeners as somebody who uses these products and understands them as well a bit more because you speak to the formulating chemists as well? Obviously, they're not all created equal. So is it a case if you get what you pay for? How would you compare? Oh, that's such a good question. And it's so difficult to answer. I, I would go to a brand I know and I can trust like Medicaid. And they've, they've got a sort of spin-off line called the Hero Project. Have you seen mm. that one? Mm. And the Hero Project has got a fantastic vitamin C is what made me think of that. Mm. Um, it's in a clear glass bottle, but is it, it's incredibly well stabilised. So it does what it says on the jar and its results are proven. And it's not too expensive. Uh, I, I would say start with the not so expensive stuff if you have never tried a vitamin C or a hyaluronic acid and maybe you only want to try one of those brands that's going to cost less than a tenner that, that, that we mentioned, like what's that, Garden of Wisdom, mm. Inculus, Ordinary, that's a good way into it. You will get slightly more out of it with a m more carefully formulated, with a more slightly more complex product like something from... Um, I, I like the Medicaid vitamin C's because they come in tiny bottles so for like 29 quid you can have mm. a, a starter go at it you can get an idea of how it feels like on the skin right. you can begin to see oh, the trouble is you need to use it probably for a month or two to, to see results and it's like you're saying use it like you use medicine yeah and you've got to be consistent with that though obviously if you start seeing any uh, redness or irritation use less stop it back off just be sensible mm. but it's not always a case of you get what you pay for. I mean, with some of the really high-tech stuff involving growth factors mm. and whatever, like there's a line called AQ Solutions, which, shame on me, I don't know as much about as I ought because it's super complicated stuff. And I tend to think, oh, that's all going to be smoke and mirrors. But so many of the facialists who work in salons, they say if they use that kind of product with a bit of light microneedling, they're getting mm. astonishing results. So that serum has clearly got something very special going mm. for it. Um, and there are some people who like to throw a lot of money at things. And so for them, that's really difficult. W what I have difficulty with is the uh, beautiful, heavily marketed stuff like you were talking about mm. earlier, where you know an awful lot of the, the money has gone on the marketing, the paying of, of famous people to support mm -hmm. um, the messaging on the, the distribution on the stands in stores. And what's actually in the jar is okay. Um, and it certainly will be better than their previous iterations of the product, but it, it, it's not necessarily going to be amazing. Mm. So uh, re really you need to sort of look at where you are at the moment with skincare and you've got to cleanse properly. Otherwise there's no point in putting mm. stuff on a dirty face and then try adding in one thing like, a vitamin C serum mm -hmm. and sunscreen. Also, no point in doing anything if you don't wear sunscreen because you've got to protect your skin from the UV light anyway in the first place. But also, by protecting it, you give your skin a chance to do its job, which is to repair itself, mm -hmm. which is going on the whole time. Sam Bunting was pointing this out the other day, actually, how... Um, there is research to show that just wearing sunscreen gives your skin a break from the trying to defend itself from the world. Right. And so you can um, give it that little bit of help even by wearing that. So vitamin C, sunscreen, 
and and then think about some sort of retinoid at night. Mm. Start with a retinol. I love like Murad as a mm. as a sort of easy high street yeah. way in. It's not really high street, you see, it's a bit rather more specialised than high street. Or a line like Elizabeth Arden with I their was about new. To say, I'm, mm, I was that's so then. clever. Mm. Yes, of course. You talked you talked to Dendi mm. Benkelman, didn't you? Yeah. Um, because there's retinol enough to do a good job. There's ceramides to not counteract, but to help your skin acclimatize mm. to it and to maintain that skin barrier. All comes in a handy little thingy a little capsule so you know how much you should be using because that's another problem Sarah yes, isn't it you true. mean do I put on a drop or two do I cover everything you know particularly if you're going to take it from the the, the chest up to the hairline um I'm, I'm, I'm fanning around not saying Caroline's <laughs> phrase take it to the tits so that is her <laughs> phrase but that is what you've got to do yeah particularly because we all ignore this bit and then you know, you get into 50s and you think your neck and your decolletage, they are much harder to work on than your face with, mm. with all these tweakments because mm. the skin's very thin in that area and it's um, more of an uphill struggle. So just use those products all over and then you won't have the, the trouble when you when you get older. I think I'm wandering off the subject no, here. I didn't know as well. <laughs> well I didn't realise that with some of the pumps, mm-hmm. that's a dose and they have the, the amount that is distributed or the amount that is dispensed in one pump is a dose. Yeah. And whereas I, I would it, just go... Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it depends on how much you want to use. It's like also, let's see what I need to do to get a result. I mean, mm. I'm sure, uh, and you can think of it as the Nadine principle, if you like. I remember, we, she and I were both sent this really complicated IPL hair removal thing 10 years ago or something, a home use device, but it was really a salon thing. It was about the size of this steam humidifier that's sort of sitting there because we've got water coming in through the ceiling. And um, I saw her a while after and and I said, and she said, how are you getting on with that thing? And I said, oh, it's so complicated. I haven't got it out of the box because the instruction leaflet was mm. this thing. And she said, oh, I just got it out, turned it up to full. Let's go. <laughs> Whoa. No, <that's laughs> that is the way to go for it. Genuinely. That's, so I did the same. Yeah. yeah. When mm. I went on her channel, when I went on her video channel to discuss facial hair, oh yeah, we got out the Philips Limeo, and I said, and I was, we were talking about you know oh, do your fab. patch test, yeah, 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 and she said, I'll oh, just whack it up to five. Yes, yes. <laughs> she just. Otherwise, by the way, I do not encourage that. Always read the instructions. Uh, no, but. you should always read the instructions and do a patch test. But yeah, if you're in a hurry and you've got to write about it, then maybe. Maybe you might. Uh, or if you think, you know, I think my skin's quite used to all these things. If I'm trying a yeah, new retinoid, yeah. I mean, I, I did go slow with that last um, Medicaid one I was mentioning just because I thought I should show it some respect. But normally I just get handfuls of the stuff mm. because my skin <laughs> is quite well retinized, as uh, Dendi Engelman yes. would call it. Um, you, you grow more receptors to, for, mm. for, for, for dealing with it. And, and then, you know, your skin can take it. But, yeah, vitamin C one end of the day, retinol the other add in whatever moisturizers you need. If you've mm. got the time to add in more serums on top, fine, go for it. But I find mm. really who's got time to be faffing around with a 10-step program? It's uh, not me. It's a particular... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, the temptation is to basically go through every single tweakment, but obviously that's... What, what, what takes your interest in this? You know, what... what what? Because I don't know. I thought I'd put everything down because I don't know. Different people are interested in different things and... It's also about trying to work out what the recipe for a fresher face is, mm. you know, what the experts say, what you should start with. But there's no should, um, you know, it's all what bothers you. I think the light treatments are really quite interesting because 
they're kind of underrated. You know, red light, people think, oh, boring, lie under a red light canopy, what's that going to do? It's empty it, new clothes again. It's like, really? Is this light doing anything? But, but it is. I mean, that's mm. the thing. It is. Um, and the doctors say the one difficulty they have with that is persuading people to do a course of that and that that is enough. Come and come into the salon, do it twice a week or get a home use mask. Then you can do it the whole time. You'll need to do a bit more because the home use devices aren't as strong as the salon things, obviously. But it um, helps the skin regenerate itself. It will help with pigmentation. It will take down inflammation. It will encourage regeneration. And you get a result. It, it's really well proven. So um, you sleep under red light? Because I just think, <laughs> well, if we're getting bashed, because we are, all, all of us do it, I do it. I watch the iPad before bed mm. and my phone's mm. not too far away. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, which I invariably do, I'll always just quickly check my phone. <sighs> Will you? Yeah. That light. That I know, light. I'm a horrible oh. person. But I just You're not. Think... <laughs> it's just it's really bad for your poor old brain. But um oh I know, and I, I it's a habit I absolutely know I should get out of, but it's it's an addiction at this point, isn't it? I keep my phone out of the bedroom, but if I go to the bathroom and I see it, I think, oh I'll just check. Yeah. But I but, just now think, well, maybe I should just sleep under red light. Quite hard to stay asleep. I've got, I've got one of these lovely masks downstairs, Mariam Zamani's one. Um, but the, the light in that is so bright. You mm. kind of feel you've had a, a session on the beach or something. Oh, I see. So right. I don't think you could sleep. Um, That's a product I will work on. With it on. <laughs> like low-level red light for yeah. cell rejuvenation and regeneration. Yeah, and but you only need it on like 20 minutes a day. Some of these things have big enough um, eye slits that you could mm. watch... TV with mainly, but um, I've used the Neutrogena one, which has got the blue and red light for inflammation yes, and acne. Yes, and that gets results, doesn't mm. it? They've got data to show it gets results if you use it consistently enough. Um, so that's that's a really good kind of high street level starter uh, starter one. What I don't know, what I've got to do some research on, is exactly what the power of the lights in all these different competing mm. types of masks is because I've, I've been talking about these things on social and the number of questions I've come back saying so how do they actually stack up mm. and it's really hard to get a direct answer about how many lights what power what it all equates to because um, it's not like a wattage they can't just say oh, it's a 40 well, watt must, bulb or there, the there, there must be some easy way of communication but I know the last people I asked said well that's actually a very complicated question because oh no (laughs) how to make a complicated question simple that's always the great difficulty so the temptation obviously is to say to you Alice what was your favorite treatment or what was your least favorite treatment but I'd like to come at it from a different angle because there is so much in here so just to give just to give you listeners because I do if you are interested in skincare and if you think that you're going to go down the tweakment path or you're already on that path and you want to have a an expert's input in your approach this is an excellent book this is an excellent reference book but so in terms of treatments you've got things like um the face gym signature electrical workout the clarisonic massage head um the face shrink wrapper i've not yeah these are home devices because there is a good deal you can do with those yeah then you've got um profilo juvederm love that clearing Mm. pigment Joe Jones having Provilo just made me want to have all of it. Um, it's great. It's expensive, but, you know, it does a really good job. And the, mm. the thing about Profilo compared to its competitors is you only have to have five injections on each side mm. of the face. So that is a, a big draw rather yes. than having 200 then injections. You, mm. Then you do have the Fred, the Fred lift. <laughs> it's because I saw fat Fred lift, yeah. I haven't, I haven't gone there yet. I'm, I'm 
Old not, therapy. Old yeah. therapy, which I know a lot of people have had. So I think the thing I want to find out from you in closing mm-hmm. would be of all of these things, because I think I always thought if you ever go down the tweakment road, you start with a, with a particular thing. And I always thought that everyone's first stop would actually be wrinkle relaxers. So I'm curious to know which of these things you have been most impressed by, both from your own personal experience, but from the the data. Okay, that is a really good question. I I know what you mean, that wrinkle relaxers are the most obvious place to start. It it, it so depends what's bothering you, and it so depends um, how you feel about keeping these things up. It also depends on what age you are at, because... 10 years ago, I would have been most bothered by wanting to get rid of the dark circles under my eyes and frown lines. Between the eyebrows, I don't have like tram lines, but I get a sort of pleat, which just Mm -hmm. settles in there the whole time and pinches. Whereas now, what I find most amazing because of the difference it makes to the structure of my face is deep placed filler, like round the corners of the jaw and in the chin, and the temples. I had quite a lot of it last year. Mm. And I've just had some pictures done of how's it bearing up kind of thing. And a lot of that is still there. I mean, the stuff in my mid face, if I drop my face forward, all that mm, shag on the nose to mouth lines, that's coming back. But the rest of it is holding up really well. So that is what one thing I really like now. The other thing is all these skin quality treatments, because mm. the older you get, you know, you go through the menopause, you lose all that estrogen your skin will get drier without that. I'm, I'm propped up with bioidentical hormones, so that sort of helps keep some of the glow in the skin. But when your skin gets that older papery look, it's really hard to to bring back the life into it. But injectable moisture treatments, as you might call them, mm. like Profilo, Juvederm Volite, Restylane Skin Boosters, there's a Tioxane one as well, I can't remember the name of it, that, that they put that little layer of... Um, hyaluronic acid just under the surface of the skin and they're now termed biostimulators I think rather than moisturizers because they encourage that cellular regeneration within the skin yeah it's been shown they encourage the growth of collagen the development of elastin they as well as hydrating so they help your skin to function better so the skin goes well normally when we've got this much hyaluronic acid it's because we're younger yeah yeah, yeah okay. and 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 what you notice <coughs> after a month or so is that or oh, i notice you simply don't need moisturizer in the way you did your skin is not so dry because yeah it's, it's got that hydration on the inside um and it just has a little bit more of that glow and radiance which mm. is what you lose and otherwise you cannot get back um obviously makeup you can you can mm. load it you're brilliant with makeup I'm, I'm i'm less less skilled but the putting that moisture back in on the inside is um is fantastic so that is one i'm really keen on and beyond wrinkles and stuff that is that is adds a really nice mm. freshening look to the face well i also think it's that thing of uh fine lines and wrinkles are not the first signs of aging in fact, once they have begun, previous signs such as uh, skin texture. Yeah, uh, and, and pigmentation. Everybody always kind of tone. skates over pigmentation, but th- there's there's lots of research showing that actually our eye is always incredi- is incredibly well attuned to working at a person's age by 
the degree mm. of pigmentation on their face. Um, I think Procter & Gamble did some research on this about 10 years ago with some evolutionary psychologists, and they showed that um, it was the degree of red or brown pigment distribution on the face, the sort of weathering that we mm. all kind of know. And that's what the eye perceives, and that actually was a better determinant of age than wrinkling or otherwise. Yeah. So, and I think people fixate on the wrinkles because we all you know, don't like them. We want to have mm. that smooth look, but having a clear skin as well by, mm. by you and, and using skincare like retinol helps with pigmentation, vitamin C helps with pigmentation, all sorts of things, you know, niacinamide and you know, mm. all, all, all these ingredients will help, as will light treatments. Um, but it's sort of not to lose sight of that in among the going for the more yeah. wow things of yeah. Botox and fillers. Yeah. It's a really, really brilliant guide. Oh, thank you. Thank I, you so much. I mean, obviously, I do text you. And so I feel like if I went down this road anyway, I feel like I've got excellent people on my speed dial. But I feel that the treatments guide is the equivalent of having you bag of oh, hirons in your pocket <laughs> thank you and and finding a good practitioner because that is the that is the keeping mm. that's what this the book can't really help with that I've, I've listed a lot of good people in there who do but these are just people i happen to have yeah. had treatments with in time and a lot of them are in london just because that's where i i am mm. but on the website what i'm trying to do is to widen that out a lot and i've got a great network building up of practitioners all around the country nurses dentists doctors surgeons mm. who do these things and they are all over and when i um, come across the ones who i whose work i don't know you know i get them recommended to mm. me um so these people are doing good work you know they're not they're not just sort of jumping their way into the list they're having to get yeah. the ones who are on the list already to recommend them mm. to me so because, because there are a lot of good people out there. I think people tend to think, oh, there's all those dodgy doctors. And there are some dodgy practitioners. There are a lot of dodgy practitioners, but there are an awful lot of really good ones. Mm, and upsettingly, you hear about the bad ones more than you hear about the good ones. You do, ones and all the good ones spend half their time redoing the work of the bad ones, which is very distressing. You know, they have dissolving clinics on a regular basis. Mm. They do pro bono work to, 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 to help like this. But there are a lot of good ones out there. And I really want to you know, open up the whole conversation in this area and try to help people find good practitioners. So mm. if they are interested in this kind of work, they could experience it with a safe pair of hands, mm. maybe get a good result, and then they'll they'll see what it's all about. Well, I think it achieves that. I'm very, I, I really, really like it. I will be Thank holding you. it close to my chest. Listen, Thank you link, so much. The link to buy this book, Tweakment, The Tweakment's Guide by Alice Hart Davis, will be in the show notes and obviously your social media handle so people can follow you. But while we're on tape, I want to say something to you. Go for it. And that is this. When I started this podcast, and this will go live just before the podcast's third birthday, when I first started this podcast, the majority of people, when I said what I was doing, when I went out to beauty launches and events, were like, oh, I don't really get it. Beauty's not really visual. How are you going to do a beauty podcast about audio? <laughs> and I was met with a bit of, oh, what, what a podcast. And I remember you came straight up to me the first time you knew that I was doing it. And you yeah. went, you clever thing. Oh, I really did like I? What you good, did. good. And because I mean, I'm that's needy. what I've been. I've been a. <laughs> no, I've been an avid listener from the start, and just thinking, you communicate it so well, and you take us off to people like who are you talking to then? Abby Cleave, all, all sorts mm, of fascinating in people in this area, and you think, oh, holding your hand, we can go and explore. So I just wanted to say on tape for the listeners, if you didn't know that, 
um, back in the early days oh. when there weren't loads of when there weren't people listening. And when I would say, oh, I'm doing a podcast and I was very excited and no one else was, you're one of the very few people who was not only really excited, but said, keep going, keep going. You're onto something. So thank you. Well, I'd like to say now I knew, (laughs) (laughs) but it it just felt absolutely right. You know, I'm a big fan of podcasts, gurus like the ones we both listen to. Are we allowed to mention? Yeah, we can talk about Tim. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we might end up talking quite a lot about Tim Ferriss. I love all that biohacking stuff. I'm I'm so keen on all of that. The the video, the film that he's just helping finance. Oh, Have yeah. you seen this in his no, Five Bullet Friday? No, no, no. I'll tell you about it off tape. Okay, <laughs> so okay. We might be and, and, and the, the listeners. altering states with breathing and micro dosing of all sorts Psychotropics. of Psychotropics. Yeah. yeah. At first, I thought silly Silicon Boy, Valley Boys <laughs> stuff. I'm not listening to that. But now I'm starting to think, oh yes, please. <laughs> if if I ever get Tim on the show, could you come over you and will. just call him? You will. A One silly day. Silicon Valley boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might like it. I think if he's now in Austin, well. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much. Um, again, the link to buy will be in the show notes, as will your social media handles. But thank you so much, not just Emma, for today, but for your you. unerring support since I started the show. Always. Thanks, Em. Thank you so much for listening. Now, before you go, just a quick reminder that if you want to email me, it's super easy. Thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. Honestly, what could be easier? Or you can slide into my DMs on Twitter and Instagram. You pretty much know I'm on Instagram and Twitter all the time. My username there is Emma Guns, at Emma Guns. And if you want to join the closed Facebook group for the show where we have really lovely, brilliant conversations about all of the episodes, then just click the link to join in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.